Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel again, uh, bringing you not so much the news around, but it's the point of views that we sought. And we've got a group of five of the supercar fans who have given us their time and their opinions on the way they see the category now and in the future and what they think is needed to make it work better in the future. As I said, we've got them from around Australia, Queensland, New South Wales, Canberra and Victoria. Four members of the supercar hierarchy, those people out there who are the reason these guys go out and race. We'll start with Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock and we're here hosting that we've got Kimmy Hunter from Canberra, Rowan Meesday from Melbourne, Darren Edgerton also from Melbourne, and um, Bull, as he's known, uh, he's from, whereabouts are you actually from? From Yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful little spot, wonderful little spot. All right, look, let's just uh, kick things off because we really sort of get what you first of all think about supercars and motorsport and Kimmy you could start things going could you tell us about how you got into into motorsport and supercars in particular yep so um, I got into supercars and motorsport in general through my dad Um, he used to race sprint cars Um, being the only girl the only way to get dad's attention was stick my head under the bonnet go what are you doing why are you doing it um, the second I started doing that, Dad went, hey, I've got someone to fetch my tools for me. So down the back shed, you go. So, yeah. Came this in- was aged how, how old? Um, oh, I was about seven or eight at the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, young. A few years. A few years following it then. And in supercars in particular, what drew you to them? Um, so, yeah, just progression. Um I went as a fan to Bathurst one year and wanted to be a bit closer to the action and I went, well, I'm on the wrong side of the fence. So, yeah, natural progression to jump the fence and be a bit closer to the action and be in pit lane and do a few things around the track and worked my way up through a few different categories and become a, a clerk of the course for some of the smaller clubs and things ah, like that around right. the tracks. So, yeah. Okay, a, a real involvement with it. Okay, um, Darren, maybe we could uh, turn to you and tell us about your involvement in, in the sport or your in desire and interest in it. Oh, look, a very similar story started with my father. So my dad was into racing of all sorts, whether it be bikes, sidecars and, and V8s. Um, also had two older brothers that were into the, the same sort of thing. Um, so I've sort of grown up with it in my blood. Uh, I think I was probably about six or seven the first time I can recall watching Bathurst and uh, and I've been hooked ever since. And, and of course, the young man of the pack is is Rowan. Um, I think you're younger than most of us. Other than that, you've got some very good ageing tablets. Rowan, <laughs> uh, you're interested in motorsport or supercars? Yeah, definitely. So, mo- motorsport in general, love the the whole lot. But supercars is uh, is definitely number one. Uh, seem to be going with the trend here. Definitely my uh, my old man and then my uh, and my grandfather that got me into it with their uh, love of sport. My uh, both avid uh, water skiers used to race water skiing, and uh, and dad used to race motorbikes when he was younger. So, both uh, both had you know sport and racing in the, in their blood, and just. Uh, 
grew up, grew up watching it. I think one of my uh, my earliest memories is uh, probably about four four years old. I think I may have been watching uh, watching Brocky win his uh, his final Bathurst in '87, and uh, that was uh, that that was it. I was hooked from that hooked from that day, and uh, and a diehard Holden fan ever since as well. So, I, I think you were probably there, Bull, weren't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good to see. That that. We, we actually camped in the same sort of area that Brocky was back then, so it was good. We sort of looked around the corner and, oh, there's Brocky and his team around the corner, so it was good. Loving it. Uh, and your your first involvement on, in love of motorsport, uh, Bull? Well, basically I just grew up with cars with a couple of uncles and just playing with the cars all the time, and then as I got older, you're watching them. And that was Jags in Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, from originally from Canberra, so I was Canberra boy right. for a long, long time. Um, and then we used to go out with mates out to Tralee, and then all of a sudden it progressed into well, let's go to one of these race car meetings besides the the dirt race here, and that started it. Off we went. You're halfway between Melbourne and Sydney, so you obviously get to more than one race meeting a year. Well, I try. This orange shirt that I got on post doesn't let me get too far sometimes, but I, I try to get to a few. <laughs> the plan was to do quite a few this year. I started off with Adelaide and to progress the rest of the year, but the handbrake's been pulled on. Oh, yes, indeed, and and for a, a large part of the world. Um, tell me, uh, let's go back to Rowan. Um, you uh, regularly get to race meetings? Uh, not so much these days. So I used to, I used to go to a few of the ones down in Melbourne. Like I used to try and get to a at least Sandown and uh, and Phillip Island every year. But I, I haven't actually been to anyone for probably four or five years now. So uh, I'm I'm having very severe withdrawal symptoms from not actually going to the uh, the races, especially the uh, the Grand Prix. Considering the fact that I'm uh you know within a stone's throw of the circuit, I can hear the cars from my from my house, and I haven't I haven't been there since uh. 2012 either I don't think so just uh, got, got, got a little bit slack in, uh, in heading off to the races with uh, with work and everything else that life throws at you it uh, become a little bit difficult to, uh, to get to them sometimes so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting to a couple this year if we are uh, if we get a season off the ground <laughs> Mark and where are you based uh, I'm in uh, Roma west of west of Brisbane in uh, central Queensland Okay, and and I imagine you're the only one that's uh, well, actually, short sleeve. I think you're seeing in there, aren't you? <laughs> yes, uh, I'm. I've got a lovely heater going in my office here, so uh, yeah, we've we've been oh, uh, right. building okay. the morning at the moment. Yeah, I'm about to throw yeah, another log on the fire. I think, um, <laughs> Mark, uh, your involvement and like of motorsport. How did you uh, become uh, interested in it and, and then involved? Um, I don't think. Um, Pretty much the same as everyone on the um, on the call here. I um, grew up with it uh, as a young fellow. My, my father did speedway, um, so we used to go to the speedway, the sprint cars, and um, and all the good fun um, in the dirt. And then it was just a general progression um, as I grew up. I yeah in, uh, enjoyed watching the supercars, um, F1, Indy. Um, went to uh, went to a fair few races around the country and. Um, yeah, but Bathurst is obviously the uh, the fan favourite and my favourite. But um, yeah, and no, really camp at the track. Vehicles. Camp at the track. Uh, yes, yeah, we've been a couple of times. Um, last time we did a motorhome um, to Bathurst and stayed in the paddock um, out the back there, out the back of the pits, yep. and um, yeah, had a great time. It was just a just a boys' trip. So yeah, really enjoy Bathurst. Yep. 
it would seem that you all fit in the same sort of category as people who, when you get the chance, you get to the race meetings. Um, it's, it's obviously something, Bull, for instance, uh, you've been going for a fair while, I would understand. Yeah, this will be my 32nd Bathurst 1000. So, okay, well, it's kind of like a yearly pilgrimage. <laughs> yep, gotcha. Right. And it's not a big jump for you either, is it? Well, it's an hour closer now that I've moved to Yeah, so, yeah, it's easy to get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, is there something in particular that's drawn you to supercars? Supercars I found great because you can get up close to the to the tracks and to the drivers and you can walk up in some places you can touch and feel and, you know, smell the cars. You, they're right there in front of you. So you've got the photo opportunities yes. all the time and you chat to the drivers and then 10 minutes later they're actually in the car and they're screaming around the track. So you were there one second talking to them, next minute they're, they're having their day. And, Darren, the same thing for you? Oh, it's the, the sound of a V8 engine is the, the thing that really appeals okay. to me. Um, there, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, I'm not not really a huge fan of Formula One because I just don't think they, they sound all that good. Um, so, yeah, there's that. There was a time they did, though. Sorry? There was a time they did. Yeah, not anymore. Um, <laughs> no. But apart from that, it's, a, it's the personalities. Um, you know, there's some, there, there have been some great characters in the sport. Um, I think they've been tamed maybe a little bit too much in recent times. Um, but, you know, there's some great characters and, and uh, you know, in the past there's been some great racing and we'll, we'll probably touch on that topic a bit later, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, Kimmy, you obviously love the sport and do everything you can to get to it. When was the uh, last race meeting you went to? Um, so I was fortunate enough to be at Adelaide for the, the first round yep. this year, um, with Bull actually. Um, so yeah, I took Bull for his first adventure to Adelaide. Um, uh-huh. yeah, that was an, an eye opening experience <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's nothing quite like seeing a guy that's as tall as Bull going around a pink Ferris wheel with a giant coat on covered in patches being interviewed. That's yeah. That was probably the highlight of my, my weekend, but yeah, um, <laughs> try to get to, I try to get to as many events as I can work permitting, obviously. Um, I've got a lot of friends and family interstate, so it's a really good opportunity to spend some, some time with family and friends and just share that passion that I've got with my family and friends that, it's on their home turf, so it's a bit of give and take. They they show me around their, their hometown and I get to show them how much I love supercars and why I love it and, yeah, that, that passion and enthusiasm for it. We can literally see your credentials on the wall behind you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a <laughs> Which a has a... been a gathering of a, a, few, a few years or so. I, I think it's one, just one or two. <laughs> yeah, There's um yeah, about um about thirteen, fourteen years worth there. So yeah, yeah just okay. a couple. Mark, let's just get on to uh, what what are the particular things that if if you had the opportunity to change something about the way supercars are run or the way in which a rates meeting runs around supercars, if there was something you could change in it, is there any particular thing that, you know, stands out for you the way that is done now that wouldn't be uh, to your liking? 
Um, I still really enjoy watching supercars. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, fans out there on social media channels that, you know, get quite negative and, uh, and, and quite uppity about things, but um, that's probably the part that, that I get a um, little bit disappointed in is, you know, the keyboard warriors and that sort of stuff. Um, I do understand that, that that's what, you know, what makes the rivalries and, um, and all that sort of jazz with, with sport. But um, otherwise, the actual events and stuff, I, I, I still enjoy them. Um, Ford versus Holden is still current today. Um, what it's going to look like in the future, who knows. Um, but, yeah, I, I still enjoy it. Um, I'm probably one of... I don't know. I don't know whether I'm minority or majority anymore, but um, but yeah, I enjoy my supercars and, and always have, and I think I always will. Um, hopefully, the V8 just sticks around. That's that's the big thing. Uh, um, Rowan, for you, yeah, you I'd, change it. Uh, change. I don't know if I'd really change so much. I do really, you know, I, I love the sport for what it is today. I've loved it kind of through its, all, all its progressions in terms of changing it. Uh, nah, probably not so much. I, I do really like it. Maybe uh, I think the only thing that I've kind of been a bit upset with over the, over the years is when they uh, moved away from free-to-air TV, I think it did take a little bit away from some of the fans that can't necessarily afford Foxtel and things, which, uh, you know, there's a, a few, quite a few people out there that, that probably can't do that. And, uh, you know, as much as I, I've got the Foxtel myself and I can, uh, you know, I love, love watching it, but I'd, I think I'd really love to see it go back to free-to-air just to expand it to those people that, you know, might might not be able to afford a subscription or, or something like that. But uh, otherwise, not, not really much I can fault. Uh, touching on what Mark said with the, you know, the fans, the keyboard warriors and stuff like that on the, uh, on the internet, I think they can uh, sometimes detract a little bit for it. There's nothing wrong with having a, a you know, a rivalry and having a, you know, you say about uh, certain people and, you, you know, different teams and things like that, but the the amount of people that seem to attack the sport and say supercars is dead these days and, you know, they're, they're fed up with it on fan pages is uh, a little bit crazy if you ask me, and I think that's something that I'd, uh, I'd like to see stop, that's for sure. Which is one of those things when you go to the football, I'm particular I'd think about AFL, but it probably happens in NRL as well, when you hear fans booing their players, I sort of think, how can you boo your own players? Okay, you might, you exactly. might be upset, but to boo your own players just seems, it's just, it's incomprehensible to me. Um, it's, Paul, it's astounding, uh, yeah. As somebody who's been around for a lot of years, you've seen various different <laughs> incantations of the sport and the way in which the rivalries have been. I imagine that, you know, that they're still alive for you well and truly now, Paul. Yeah, it's 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 all it's all racing. You know, you you've seen it as you say change from the years for the the win on Sunday, uh, sell on Monday basis, and then they've changed into different categories. They went through to the to the Group Cs, and they went to the Group As, and then they sort of well, we've got to rein it in a bit to get a bit more sort of parity. So that's when they started with the current sort of formats, and it's it's all it, it's all good to watch. It just as they change the formula slightly as it progresses with different vehicles they just need to keep it up so that it's interesting for the for the, the for the bloke on the track or the telly to sit down and watch the race Darren do you remember when the Peter Jackson cars rolled out for the first time Glenn Seaton and Alan Jones 
yeah, back absolutely. in 92. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was tremendously excited. In fact, that's when I started writing about motorsport. I hadn't done it before. And yeah. that's when I decided to embark on the thing I did because the sport, you know, suddenly became alive. It, 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 it was, there was a vibrancy about it and excitement. And it wasn't just the fact that we were racing cars that you could go and buy as a road car, but that there was a, a availability and accessibility to it. It, it have you had that since that time? Do you remember some time during that period for the last 20 years plus? Oh, absolutely, man. I, um, I mean, I've been following it for, for a long time. Um, but the thing, the thing for me is I, I, if, what, would, what would I change? I'd probably change a lot of things because I don't think the racing's as good as what it used to be. Um, uh-huh. You know, we've gotten to the point where it's it's a very very technical sport, lots of driver aids and all that sort of stuff, and it means that now I wouldn't say not not for a minute would I say these cars are easy to drive, but the we have very high quality drivers and they're able to sort of you know pump out lap after lap after lap a tenth of a second apart. Um, I think they're too consistent to drive. Um, yeah, you know, we, we've had lots of discussion in the last sort of twelve months about aero. Um, I think there's got to be got to be something done to make the sport um, better, more competitive than than what it what it is now. So similar to what it was in more, the past. More driver, less car. More driver, Absolutely. less car. Absolutely. Yeah, and and the thing I'd like to see um, disappear is people getting passed in the pits. You know, I reckon that's terrible. <laughs> I, I, I like to see cars getting passed on the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which bring, brings in the question of the the Gen Three. You know, they're obviously it's all on hold at the moment, um, but you know, there's a, a real desire to uh, sort of open it up. And what do you think is the thing that they need to achieve with the Gen Three? I mean, you've mentioned V8s, Rowan has, um, Bull has. There's obviously the sound of it and what yeah. they represent. Is that a primary thing for you? For me, absolutely. So uh, to, to be quite honest, I mean, th- this is the only form of racing that I really actively follow. And if it wasn't a V8 engine, I, I probably probably would lose interest. You know, I, I had no interest in the two-litre era. Um, so if it wasn't a V8 engine, and look, they tried that with the, um, you know, the V6, was it a twin turbo that they were running around at Bathurst yep. a couple of years ago, the triple eight. Um, you know, it, you know, I was there when it was running around and, uh, there weren't too many people that were impressed. Yeah. Kimmy, are you a V8 fan? Is that, that what brings you on uh, regularly? I'm, I do love the V8s. Um, I think the, the Gen 3's got a lot of potential for attracting new manufacturers and things to the category. Um, and things like that, like when you look at the 12-hour and the diverse categories and and cars and things that they have at the 12-hour, there's like unlimited possibilities if they opened it up that way. Um, I think there's a, a bit of a, I don't know if you call it an issue, but um, if you've got, you can either have racing or you can have production cars. You kind of can't have both. so. You've got your production car or you can have racing, but you can't really have both. So, yeah, it's either you buy it off the shop floor and you race it that way and you don't really have that racing category and and the fight between the cars. 
or you develop the cars and that's where you get the parity issues and things where you have the racing side of it. So, um, yeah, it's I think Gen 3 is going to be really interesting with all the, the changes and things going in. I, I think it'll be a good thing for the category going forward, but it's one of those things that they just have to iron out a few issues and, and go from there like anything new. Mark? Um, Gen 3, um, you, you've not been following it as long as, say, Ball or maybe Kimmy has. Tell us uh, what your feelings are about Gen 3. Yeah, look, I think uh, I, I'm a huge believer in the V8. Um, the category is really, I mean, it's been built on the V8 engine. Um, and the, the sound of it when you're actually at events, um, when you watch it on the TV, it's yeah, it, it's part of the sport. It, it's kind of the fabric and what the, the sport has been based on. Um, you know, then I guess you go into the, the Ford and the Holden uh, rivalries to go with it. Um, to be honest, um, I just I, I personally hope that Gen Three moving forward they they start reducing a bit of aero on the cars, um, mm-hmm. make the tires degrade a lot more. Um, I think the tires are too consistent for too long. Um, before they drop off, um, and you know, doing things like that, I think they're they're important things for um for the sport moving forward. Um, I think Gen Three also needs to be big about cost containment. Um, you know, the the difference between the the big end of town and the smaller end of town is just the disparity is huge. Um, so I mean, if we could we could level a playing field there somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, to bring the racing back to, you know, not being. I mean, I, I support Red Bull um, and Jamie. Um, that, that's yeah, that's my team. But you know, it shouldn't be a case that it's two teams that are basically filling the podium pretty much week in week out. Um, a sport is a sport, okay. and it needs it needs rivalries, and it you know you need more than two teams at the top of it to make it work. So Gen Three really needs to open the playing field as well. Okay. Bull, yeah, tell us on Gen 3 for you. I know about V8s um, and, that you know, if there was another part of the equation there, though, how would you feel about that? Well, as I was just saying, the the, the aero, you know, you reduce the aero, then it puts more onto the driver's abilities. Yeah. So that sort of thing would would make it a bit more exciting if certain drivers, as we know, like wet weather racing, more than dry weather racing or others can't keep up the wet weather. So that's that's something if you remove the aero and leave it more to a, a bare-bones style race car, then the parity sort of levels itself and it, it, it puts a bit more excitement into it. So, oh, you know, this race is going to be wet and this one's going to be dry and this one's going to be hot and different drivers will come into their own as opposed to all have the identical package and just go. Which raises an interesting issue about um, pit stops, really. Um, you know, pit stops have been part of every race now for, you know, quite some years. Uh, do all of you, and I'll maybe just, you know, we'll go through it, um, you know, are they something that you enjoy or don't enjoy? Do you like the team aspect of it? Kimmy, I'll start with you. Um, I'm, I quite enjoy the pit stops. Um it sort of breaks up the monotony of the racing and then just going round and round. Um, it gives a bit more of a dynamic to the racing because 
Um, if something happens in hit lane, like half a second can can cause so much of a an issue later in the race. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good dynamic and, yeah, it sort of opens it up a bit more. Darren? Yeah, I think I think the pit stops are what sort of really make it a team sport. So it's not just about, you know, firing a driver out there and saying, you know, go and do your best. Um, so I, th- I think they should, they definitely need to stay. They definitely uh, make the racing more interesting. Um, the only question I've got, and I know it's not a simple answer, but um, the, the whole pitting under safety car and, and everything which happens there, um, I don't particularly like that, but I know there's no um, simple answer to it. People talk about closing the pits, um, and I know there's pros and cons for that, um, but pit stops generally have to have to be there. I think they, they make it great. Uh, Mark, you, you, pit stops are a, a big part of the racing for you then? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I enjoy seeing the pit stops. It brings, as everyone said, it, it brings a team aspect in and it, it – um, you know, I mean, obviously, supercars is a team sport, so having the the whole team involved in um, doing a pit stop is is definitely good to see. Um, you know, it brings in different aspects as well of mistakes that happen in pit lane. Um, that always throws a bit of a curveball for entertainment. Um, but I I I agree totally with Darren. Is there's, there's a bit of conjecture with the safety car um, and and pitting. Um, Personally, I, I, I don't like it. Um, I'm, I'm old school. I like the old rules where pit lane was closed um, under safety car and um, you only pit under under racing conditions. So, um, okay. yeah, I, going back to question one, that's probably one thing I would like to see changed. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe we'll just stay with you for a second. Your favourite race. Um, is it one race every year? Is it the same same situation that you enjoy particularly? I mean, obviously one is Bathurst, but are there is that event for you the one that you love? Um, yeah, I, I really do enjoy Bathurst. I mean, it's a it's you know it's transferred into Bathurst week basically. Um, you know, I mean, I, I get if every every second year in the last four years um, I've gone to Bathurst. Um, so I've only been there twice, but, um, you know, every year prior to that, that you're at home for the event, you know, it's, it's Bathurst week for me. Like I celebrate Bathurst week, um, bit of a freak in that regard, but, um, but I love the lead up. Um, but being at the actual well, event. In, in this group, you're not a freak at all. Uh, <laughs> not a freak. In this group, okay? I mean, being, being, at the event, being at the event is the actual like that's that's the epitome of of supercars um, is being at Bathurst. Um, you know, it's it's such a build up, and and the best part about Bathurst, I feel, is is it's actually a whole day event. Um, you know, you you're glued to the track. You know, you don't want to go to the toilet, but you're busting. Um, you know, you you're drinking, you're having fun with your your mates, and um, it's a cracking day. So uh, okay. Yeah. And then you talk about the racing. So, yeah, it's an amazing day. Bull, obviously, 32 year, times you said you've been to Bathurst? This year it'll be me 32, yes. Okay, all right. Um, and <laughs> quite obviously um, you, you've missed a couple, um, so television obviously will be part of that event for you then. Yeah, 
TV back in the old days was always the way to do it um, until I yep. figured out you can actually get to the track. So <laughs> once a few mates and myself got to the track, uh, I think it was the first two years it was just a let's go for a few days and then from every year after that it's been a whole week pilgrimage that we're there from yeah. the Sunday before right through to settle in, have a good time <laughs> and Thursday the cars are on track. <laughs> Darren, um, you're a similar man. You've maybe not been to Bathurst 30 times I, or no, so. No, I haven't been there 30 times, but I've been there 15 out of the last 16 years. So, right. Well, um, that's, I love that's it. a pretty good average there. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. It's, um, it has been like, you know, it is the annual pilgrimage for me and a few mates. Um, and yeah, it is sort of a week long event now. We leave on Tuesday, get back on Monday. Um, and it, it is just, it's just being immersed in the sport. So we camp in the paddock area. We've got three sites in there and, you know, we're about 150 metres from the chase. Um, so we just basically walk up to the chase, sit down, um, watch the racing, walk back to our camp. Sunday's a pretty big day because we get up at 3.30 to get the right spot. But, you know, it's a pretty big <laughs> day, but it's it's certainly well worth it. It's a long day. It's a long day. Rowan, um, you obviously haven't joined to the same degree your appreciation of love of supercars, but uh, if you had the opportunity, you would? Oh, certainly, yeah. I'd, uh, you know, I'd get up to Bathurst every year if I, if, if I was able to uh, to do do so, uh, especially the fact that uh, it falls on my birthday weekend pretty much every single year. It has since the, the mid-90s, late-90s. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that I kind of I make my own event of it down here and have a, uh, a get together with any friends that I can drag around and, uh, and force to watch the racing with me, which sadly I don't have too many friends that are into, uh, into the motorsport as well. But, uh, my, uh, my, my partner, I've been with my partner for 11 years. She asked me every year, what do you want to do for your birthday? And she always gets the same response. It's sit at home, watch Bathurst and get drunk. So it's uh, pr- pretty, pretty much all, all I do, but, uh, I've, I've got a few plans to, uh, to get up there as soon as I can. If, uh, if Lounsey, if Lounsey wins another one, I'll be making sure I'm there every year just to see if he can, uh, if he can equal Brocky's record. So. Uh, okay. And I imagine Kimmy, you've been there for a few of Brocky's wins. Yeah. Um, my, I've actually got a, a top three. So, um, Adelaide obviously is the start of the year for me. So it's always really exciting because it's the start of the year and yeah, just that, that atmosphere for the first race is really awesome. Um, I actually alternate between Bathurst and Gold Coast. So I do Bathurst one year, Gold Coast the other, because obviously two weeks apart, can't take that much time off work. Um, yep. I do have, I love Gold Coast because of the weather. Um, it can be um, like absolutely pouring rain and, and sunny and, yeah, it's it's just one of those places. Um, Bathurst has a, a very soft spot in my heart. Um, I met my husband while I was working at Bathurst and he proposed in pit lane oh. during the race So <laughs> with yeah. um, the help of one of the teams. So it's it's got a very soft spot as well. Um, I was working at a place uh, many, many years ago and some random guy from Australia Post came in and I said, oh, you won't see me next week because I'm going to Bathurst. And he said, oh, that's funny, I'm going to Bathurst too. And I went, oh, really? And about uh, (laughs) six years later, me and Bull are still still good friends and we we trek up to Bathurst together and, and go around a few races together with a group of us. So, yeah. 
It's been wonderful to catch up with you all and uh, to meet you. I look forward to meeting you in person and there'll be obviously a race meeting sometime in the near future. I imagine that uh, <laughs> Newsday certainly came out and said that, wow, you know, AFL, NRL training's happening and things like that. So it's announcements won't be far away. Um, but thank you very much to Kim, Mark, Darren, Andrew, Rowan. It's been wonderful. Um, I've only been doing this for 25 years or so, since 94. Um, <laughs> but I first went to Bathurst in 1971 with Norm Beachy in a, a Valiant Charger. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been wonderful to hear your thoughts. And that we'll do it again sometime in the near future. So thank you again. And we look forward to you being able to get the sport that you love so much. And hopefully there'll be some more on free-to-air television, contrary to what some people are saying, I think the teams are going to have a big say on that uh, that's not going to work in future. So let's all uh, cross our fingers, as you did, Rowan, that uh, we can actually see the cars on track, free to air. So thanks, Ed, on Inside Supercars. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Have a good night. Well, that's a fan view of supercars and the way it is now and the way it should be in the future with the changes that some of them would like. We want to thank, by name, these people are Andrew Bull Little, who uh, is certainly well-known around the paddock, a a highly visible person, (laughs) Kimmy Hunter, who's from Canberra, and she's been around on both the official side as well as being a big fan of the sport, along with Rowan Measley, who has a, a presence and an uh, involvement with Penrite and Erebus. Darren Edgerton, who's a long-time fan and lives out in Croydon in middle Victoria, in middle Melbourne, that is. And Mark Benson from Queensland. Now, each of these fans have brought together their views and their long-held views and their long-held habits around motorsport, Craig. It's fantastic to... Uh, to hear them and, to you know, it's obviously they love what they've, they've got and they don't want much changed about it, do they? No, that's uh, been interesting to see their thoughts there. Um, we might also mention that uh, Bull has got Bull TV every every Bathurst, so you can find that on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Mark Benson's involved with, uh, well, he's involved with a whole bunch of other things as well, and uh, Rowan is with uh, the Erebus Army, which is also on Facebook. So great to have all of those guys. And then Kimmy Hunter as well, joining us with Darren Edgerton, a long-time listener, I might add, first-time caller in this this case. (laughs) Now, we didn't get around to talking about the E-Series with them, but, you know, there's there's a lot of things to cover and a a lot of people there, but... Um, more developments uh, are coming up for this week's uh, E-Series, which is round six, I believe. Yes, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shapes up. A number of, couple of, oh, a couple, I should say, of changes. Uh, Josh Fife from the Dunlop Super 2 Series is going to be on the circuit, and he's going to be uh, participating, representing the Super 2. So it's um, going to be Great. There's also going to be a BP Ultimate Wildcard fan to race in upcoming E-Series. So that's going to be good. Um, Round eight races are scheduled for Italy and uh, Brazil. So uh, they're going to see the Autodrona, Enzo Indino Ferrari and 
Then we'll go to the Autodrome, Jose Carlos Paez, uh, which is the home of the Brazilian Formula One Grand Prix. We also then will see um, Austin Sendrick trying his hand in the E-Series. But coming up on Monday, uh, May 18, so next Monday, they have confirmed a very interesting array of celebrities for the Celebrity E-Series race, which has been building now. I think more and more interest has uh, come. But uh, I don't know my all-black rugby players that well, but Angus Tiavo will be uh, representing the All Blacks. Barry Ryan, uh, he's going to have his his turn to take out some frustration on the track. Uh, Brad Hodge, a cricketer. <laughs> Blake Williams is a freestyle motocross rider. Brad Jones. Now, uh, Macaulay Jones coming up with his thought of the week later, and Macaulay has said uh, having Brad working on his simulator has been a uh, has been a train wreck. I think uh, would wouldn't be overstating it. So that could be very interesting. Dan Reardon is another of the Moto X Super X riders. Daniel Bowles from the Brisbane Raw A League team. Jack Rewalt is the AFL two time now Premiership player. Who would ever thought Richmond would get two? Uh, AFL premierships in our lifetime. From Hawthorne, from Hawthorne uh, Jarman Impey and Darren Edgerton being such a big Hawthorne fan, I think he'll like seeing Jar- Jarman Impey uh, going around. Luke Egan, of course, that is um, that is Mr. Um, Jess Yates, Luke Egan from the surfing world. Mick Doohan, Nathan, oh, right. Nathan Highmarsh from the NRL. Neil Crompton's going to try his hand at it. Peter Siddle, the cricketer. And then, interesting, Ryan Story. He's going to have a go with Scott Petter from the rallying world. Toby Price, of course, yep. uh, no introduction needed there. And I, I think uh, the final name. Yeah, the final name is also going to create a fair bit of interest because we saw Lando Norris have such a big impact on uh, supercars last Last week, well, it's Zach Brown who'll be in the celebrity race. So oh, that's wow. uh, a heavy hitter rounding out the name. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And uh, as we said, they're going to be on the grid next Monday for the Supercars Celebrity e-race. So it's going to be a uh, track. Uh, well, I don't think they've said the track they're racing on. You'd have to think they'd race Bathurst, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I haven't got, I haven't got that. So maybe they haven't announced the track yet. All right. But uh, yeah. So anyway, right. going to be uh, great to see how, um, how this all plays out. It, it, as I said, it's going to be broadcast on Fox Sports five oh six, following tracks. Uh, sorry, following sidetracked. Um next Monday. So that's one to definitely keep an eye out for. And uh, I think it's safe to say that um, it's safe to say that it's really captured the attention of people, the E-Series, as we heard in the uh, the two forums that we did over the last few weeks where we got to speak about um, E-Series with uh, John Casey and, and uh, particularly Matt Stone, realising what yep. potential it has. And if I can put in a plug for Inside 
Motorsport. We speak to an Australian, Cameron Kelleher, who is over there looking after the Speedway Grand Prix and the FIA World Rallycross. And in the, the weeks to come, you'll hear on Inside Motorsport about how World Rallycross has approached the COVID-19 situation and accelerated their E-Series plans as well to uh, help continue fan engagement during this crisis. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones, and this is my thought of the week. Twitch is a new streaming platform that's probably come out in the last couple of years. It's a, it's a platform where gamers or, or people that even just talk to a camera pretty much stream it live on the internet and people just tune in to watch or they ask questions and they get a bit more engagement than what your other social medias would be. It's been something for, for the iRacing platform and the E-Series has been really quite cool. I think it gives a, a huge different perspective that people can tune in, watch from the driver's view as they're racing or practicing and, and have a bit of a chat. They can type through and ask questions and, and can have a discussion with the, uh, with the driver who's streaming or like for myself, I find it really cool that, you know, I've sent the link to my sponsors and they can watch my Twitch feed and uh, they can see from my perspective, what's going on. They can also hear what I'm talking to my engineer about, or if he's doing, if he's spotting me in a race, they can really get a good, good gauge of what we're talking about, what we're trying to discuss about strategy whilst we're on the fly. And I think the only difference between that and, and the real racing is probably talking about car setup. Um, because it's a fixed setup, we don't talk about the car setup so much. But we talk about tire deg, fuel burn, when we should pit, if we're being held up, um, you know, which changes the strategy. So I think Twitch is going to is kind of change the game for it a little bit for, for the iRacing for me. I, I really enjoy being able to give that view to, to people. And if they want to tune in and watch me race or practice or, or even have a chat, ask a couple of questions, um, I think it's a really cool new platform uh, for us to be using. I think it'd be awesome if real racing could have a view where you could select whatever driver you want to have a look at, if they're in a battle, check it out from their inside view and, and sort of tune into, into the depth of what they're doing. You might be so interested. Uh, not- Sorry. Sorry. You might be interested to know, Macca, but in the nineties, Paul Page's wife ran a business in IndyCar where I remember that. They, you could yeah. select that uh, driver you wanted to look over the shoulder. It wasn't looking back at their face, but it was looking over their shoulder, and you could pick which IndyCar yeah. you wanted to ride in uh, on the TV yeah. coverage. I have seen that, and I thought it was great. I think, um, I think it'd be even better now. Like in, in our cars, you can see from would be cool to have a look over the shoulder, see the steering wheel, see what's going on, and um, I think it'd be it gives a great insight to to be able to to show what we're doing and and I think the technical side of it now as well, that would be cool to, to sort of tap into even if you could get the radio going as well. It's interesting too because uh, you normally have, you know, you always have one in-car camera that's for TV, but you normally have at least one, maybe two or three. So you could actually send a feed out as a split screen with all the cameras in the car and you watch that driver from all those perspectives. TVs these days are big enough that it would uh, make it quite a good picture of each in each uh, segment of the screen. Yeah, I think so. And I think they've done that even a little bit with the E-Series going on now where 
you they might show six people sitting at their in, at their home in their simulators, but um, I think you could still do the same sort of same sort of thing where you just split the screen into two or four, six, whatever you wanted to watch. And I think it, I think that'd be quite cool to be able to see the battle from the outside looking in, and then as well from an overhead view of of the actual TV footage. I think it'd be um, I think it'd give a huge fan um, engagement. Lando Norris who raced with you a week or so ago now in the E-Series. He is getting uh, about a million people watching him on Twitch. How much yeah. does that raise your stocks as a race car driver when you're able to bring on board a fan base? You know, you, you oh, said Cool Drive's really watching, true. but uh, if you also say to Cool Drive, I've got another five, ten thousand 10,000 people watching me, just race my sim. How much more valuable is that to a car owner and to a team? Yeah, I think it can be huge. I mean, as long as you keep racing that that platform, but um, it is massive. I mean, I would even through Twitch, I would hate to think how much money he's making just through that. I mean, they run sponsored ads through the through his stream, or you can you can um, subscribe to um the the twitch feed that he's got which is also monetized so you could he would be making money from doing twitch for sure and for, for something that you know is quite enjoyable it's just to sit at your house do have a chat to people and you know it's um it's quite a good way i'm wondering if uh, bjr are going to be looking at twitch followers when they uh, look to sign uh, your next contract <laughs> No, I don't even think I'm on a contract now at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Macca, and you can join your mailing list via Facebook. And uh, if you need to stay up long nights racing your sim or watching Twitch, Criteria Coffee is the place to get the racing blend. Absolutely it is. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that's certainly a mountain to think about before next uh, Monday night. Uh, And, of course, this Wednesday night, the uh, cars will be back on track in E-Series, and we hope you'll rejoin us again next week for Inside Supercars. So that's all from me, and thank you for him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more, or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio, any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.